Welcome to Don't IEP Alone, the only podcast dedicated to helping parents navigate the IEP process and hosted by a special education advocate. Your host has been attending IEP meetings for over a decade and has helped thousands of parents go from an IEP rookie to an IEP all-star. Be prepared to learn tips that will be a total game changer for you as a parent advocate and most importantly, your child's outcomes. Partnered with the award-winning Lock a Day in Our Shoes, you'll be confident, knowledgeable, and actually looking forward to your next IEP meeting. Don't IEP alone. Get ready. Here's your host, from suburban Philadelphia, Lisa Leitner. Hey, welcome. Thanks for tuning in. It's Lisa, and thank you for tuning in, and thank you for being here. And I am excited to be here today. Hopefully you can't hear my snoring dog. What's really weird is that she's snoring with her eyes open. Yeah, Pixie, close your eyes. That's really weird. Um... I guess maybe she has some kind of apnea. Who knows? She's an old, they're old dogs. Anyway, I am going to start. The next several podcasts will likely be um, answering listener questions. I have some to catch up on. So I'm going to do that. I also will be talking about, it's October. So it is, I forget what it's called, Disability Action Month, Disability Advocacy Action Month, something like that. Anyway, it is the month where disability advocates are we're really um, encouraged to take action on certain issues. So I will have, you know, I might have a few minutes at the beginning mentioning that. See what see what comes up that we can do together to hopefully make a difference. Um. This question that I'm going to answer is from, let's see if she listed her state. Oh, she's in South Florida. And she says, aren't IEPs mandated under the federal law, IDEA, and there shouldn't be a difference state to state? Great question. Um, this just came up. I was at a workshop last week with education voters of Pennsylvania and, um, kind of related to this came up. Yes, special education as a federal law comes to us via IDEA. IDEA was first created and passed or took effect in 1975. It is supposed to be reauthor revisited and reauthorized every 10 years. That has not happened. Um, it was reauthorized again in 1990 and then again in 2004. So as we sit here in 2019, it is 15 years past, not 15 years past, five years past the 10-year reauth. On a personal note, I am very disappointed that the Obama administration did not make this a priority and get it done. Um, if you are a fan of De Betsy DeVos, please stop listening to me because I don't want you getting any free help from me. Ask Betsy for help. Seriously. No, I know people go, Oh, you're polarizing. Um, but seriously, she's like the worst thing since sliced bread to happen to public education. It, it, 
it just a squirrel would be doing better. And granted, she's not the one who reads and rewrites IDEA. It's, it starts in the Senate Help Committee and so on. Um, but they they certainly play an important role in it. So for that, I'm disappointed that it didn't happen before the 2016 election. And just because it was sorely, it's sorely needed. Um, if nothing else, there needs to be something in there about fully funding it. For those of you who don't know, um, when IDEA first passed in, or when it first was taking effect in 1975, um, states like really freaked out and they were like, oh my God, this is so much. Um, Because remember, kids, it was perfectly acceptable and perfectly legal if a disabled child came to the district you know, mom brought him to the front door to enroll him for kindergarten. It was perfectly legal to say, I'm sorry, we can't educate you here. You'll have to go somewhere else. That's crazy when you think about it. I was in kindergarten then. In 1975. Okay. Um, and actually, we did have this boy who was my age, around my age. And his mom was the bus driver, <clears throat> and he was intellectually disabled, and he rode the bus with her while she picked us up and dropped us off. And everybody just kind of knew that all he did was, like, we were like, oh, he's so lucky he doesn't have to go to school. Um, because he didn't. He didn't have to go to school. But it's, it wasn't just like he didn't have to. It was that he couldn't, which isn't entirely true either because Pennsylvania actually had this in 71, but, um, I'm starting to go off on a tangent. Um, but it was perfectly legal for schools to turn away kids with disabilities. So when IDEA was to become law, states were freaking out saying, we can't afford this. You know, all these kids. So the government said, calm down, calm down, CTFD, right? Um, we know that this is big. We know this is big. And this is so big, in fact, that the federal government will pay 40% of what it costs to educate each disabled child. Meaning that the states and the local taxpayer, depending on how your local school district funding stream is set up. So the state and local taxpayer combined will pick up 60% federal government will pick up 40. And that was really um, put in there to to calm everybody down and to get it passed because it, it is a big expense. I certainly acknowledge that my child is expensive to educate. I'm not saying he isn't. But we need he, he still has every right to an education just because he learns differently isn't his fault. It's not my fault. It's nobody's fault. Um And he has a right to an education too. But anyway, to date, well, okay, so they put this 40% thing in there that, okay, federal government's going to pay 40% of whatever it costs. And they, I forget the exact wording, and I'm not so passionate about it that I feel like digging it up, but they put the wording in something like the federal government will pay up to 40 percent 
So just adding in those four little letters means that they are not bound to paying 40%, that they will contribute up to 40%. So what has happened over 45 years is that the federal government has never once even contributed half. The IDEA contribution, the federal contribution to the states to cover these kids has never been higher than 20%. And so then the rest falls on states and local taxpayers. But, okay, IDEA is the federal mandate However, states have their own education regs, their own Department of Education. And the reason is that there's a different state to state is that um, states can do more for a child than what is outlined in IDEA. They cannot do less. Okay, I'll give you a couple examples of that. Um, first of all, it was Pennsylvania parents who really got this ball rolling. Some really committed parents, just like yourself, moms mostly, who really fought for this um, in a very monumental case. And it's called the PARC, P-A-R-C, decree, because it was going to court and then they came to, ironically, they came to kind of a settlement agreement of sorts. And it was called the Park Decree. I believe I have a copy of it somewhere on the blog. I might, I might not. I think I do. Um, but anyway, we had that in 1971. And I believe it took, took effect in 73. But it is the laws and framework really... Um, upon which IDEA was built. So we had it a couple years before. PARC stands for the Pennsylvania Association of Retarded Children. And so it was a group of moms who had what then were called retarded children. And they were tired of being turned away at school and they felt that their kids had a right to education just like everyone else. And they fought, you know, until it happened. Um, the main lawyer is still at the same law firm in Philadelphia. Um, the, they've, they've just changed their name. It's the same firm. Um, but it's called the public interest law center. He's still there as far as I know. He may be retired by now, but he still does occasional speaking engagements. Um, he still does speaking engagements like in conferences and, and things. Um, his name is Tom Gilluli. And um, is it Tom? Uh, no, it's, it's not, there's no Y in the end. Thomas Gilhul, I think. I don't know. I guess I'm thinking of that, um, ice skater thing. What was that guy's name? The ice skater that whacked the other ice skater. I think their last name is Gilhul. Um, 
But anyway, as far as I know, he's still around, still doing public speaking engagements and such that, that he was, I believe, one of the main attorneys at the time. Um, And we have now what was called the Park Decree. Some of the things that we have as a result of that, that um, other states don't have, one is that for intellectually disabled children, and thank goodness we're not calling them retarded children anymore, um... That is actually on some of my son's medical stuff because he is old enough that the the official language hadn't changed yet, so it's there. But anyway, um, for in for in Pennsylvania, intellectually disabled children cannot be suspended for even one day without a manifestation determination review. That's one of them. Um, also. Intellectually disabled children um, get a, get their reeval is every two years, not every three. So schools have to differentiate between children who have that specific classification, and those children get evaluated every two years. Um. But in both those instances, it works out, I want to say, better or it's more in favor of the child. So they can do more for the child, such as not even suspending them for a day without manifestation review. Um, or they can do more by reevaluating them every two years instead of three, but they can't do less. A state can't come out and say, well, you know what, we're only going to do reevals every five years. They can't do less than what IDEA says. So that can create a little bit of confusion, particularly in our Facebook group. This is why we're constantly asking people, what state are you in? What state are you in? Um, Because the timeline for evaluations in IDEA says 60 days. Some states have backed that up to 30 and 45 days. So again, that's more beneficial to the parent and child. So they can do more, but they can't do less. They can't bump it back and say, well, we're going to do them in 90 days. Um, They cannot do that. So to answer your question, yes, there are state regs. There are, um, there is the federal law. And states can do more for parents and children. They cannot do less if their state regs vary from what IDEA says. And I mean, that just comes back to some of our fundamental rights, that some things need to be left up to the states. And if we changed IDEA to reflect... um, If we changed it to reflect, like, I don't want to say the lowest common denominator, I guess it would be the highest common denominator. Um, but if we re- reflect it to take what it was, what each state was doing in all these different instances and pick the best one or the one that's most favorable toward the child, um, I don't know that I'd necessarily be against that, but it would probably be much 
more difficult to get legislation passed. Um, and in which case states would say, well, you know what, I'm, you know, like if, if they tried to say, get rid of the intellectually disabled evaluation thing, like, let's just say this, because I'm pretty sure Pennsylvania is the only state who does it every two years. If, if next time they do IDEA, they say, all right, we're going to get all the states on the same page. So it's not confusing for parents. Um, you're going to do reavals every three years for all kids, including intellectually disabled. Um, you're going to piss off a lot of people, myself included, because I'm used to getting my child reevaluated every two years. And I think that he needs that. So then you'd have states like Pennsylvania saying, well, screw that. You know, we're going to do it every two years anyway. So um, it's kind of like sometimes the horse is already out of the barn and... What do you do? Close the barn door, try to get it back in. Um, some states have that they have to respond to a parent's request for an IEP meeting like within five days or they have to have it scheduled. They don't have to schedule it within five days, but they have to schedule it and notify the parent within five days as to when it's scheduled. Um, there's just weird random things out there. And I suppose it, yeah, I suppose we could get everybody on the same page and have the regs, but other than my Facebook group, um, and a few other, you know, public bulletin boards like that, I don't see what the benefit is to that. Um, it sure it would make my job as a group moderator much easier. So I wouldn't constantly be asking people, um, what state they're from or trying to rack my brain, remembering these different little nuances between all the different states. But I mean, does it really matter at the end of the day? What matters is my child and your child, and you don't need to memorize Pennsylvania regs and I don't need to memorize Florida regs. So that is that, that answers your question. I took like, 20 minutes to answer a question that I could have done in one sentence, um, that there shouldn't be a difference. I, I there is, you know what it, there is. And it's just, I'm, for me, it's one of those things in life that I tell my son, dude, you got to pick your battles. Um, you can't fight every battle. That's just not something I'm even going to get upset about. Um, there are differences state to state and people need to know this before moving. I have a blog post about that, of course, too. Um, cause yeah, it might change if you move from state to state, might be better, might be worse. Who knows? Anyway, that's it for today. Thanks again for tuning in. Please leave me a review. Please leave me a four or five star review. I don't even know if they are four or five star reviews. Um, but you can leave a review on the Facebook page. You can leave a review on Google play, iTunes, pretty much any podcast directory you can find. Um, have a great day and a great weekend, and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Don't IEP Alone podcast. No parent should have to IEP alone. And with a day in our shoes, you don't have to. For more IEP assistance and letter templates, visit adayinourshoes.com. For ongoing assistance and support, follow our Facebook page and group. Gonna make my day Go my way
Wait.